Good morning, folks. It's been a little while between drinks, but uh, we're back. And uh, today I find myself in Merino uh, with a good friend. And, um, you know, whilst it's 41 degrees outside, um, it's nice to be inside for a change. And uh, so today I just wanted to spend a bit of time um, having a conversation with um, my, my guest, Paul, um, who, who is known to some of you, but uh, Paul and I actually go a little way back because um, we shared a mentor, unbeknownst to both of us, uh, in the past, uh, the late and great John Mallison. And uh, I think it was um, when Libby was the Oikos State Director that somehow we found each other in that process, yeah, um, that's Paul. Right. So uh, uh, every, and every time I get together with Paul, I... Um, I find myself, especially if there's a napkin close by, I find myself um, having him draw things and, and explain things that uh, make a lot of sense. And so my preference is that he does most of the talking because uh, he's got some wonderful things and insights and uh, ways to draw us into thinking deeper about life and also about our, how our faith connects uh, with that. So um, good morning, Paul. Good morning, Craig. Just to help those people, Paul Witham, um, first time I actually came across you, interestingly, is a book I read way back called Hard to Be Holy, which... Apparently, you and your wife authored. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah right. So, um, uh, Paul, no one, no one uh, may know too much about you that uh, we're connected with. Sure. So, I'd be interested to know, like, where were you born, bred, buttered? What did uh, mm. you know? What, what took place in the first years of life? Okay. Well, thanks for inviting me, Craig. And um, <clears throat> yeah, it's good to be here thinking about some of these things. So. Uh, well, I'm glad you asked about where I was born, Footscray, uh, in Footscray so Hospital. Melbourne lad. Correct. And uh, that's the actual home of the Western Bulldogs who won oh. the uh, premiership last year. I won't start there, but just to say, I went to Footscray High School and uh, I'm a big Bulldogs fan. So so you're, happy, you're a happy man too. Uh, this Yes, I, I thought I would die without seeing them win a premiership. But anyway, uh, my, my story is... I think it's always good to have your story ready to roll. Yes. And um, <laughs> I gave and, you no warning, though, did I? <laughs> no, you didn't. But Thankfully, you've got it ready. So I think I'll, I'll break it in two parts, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for So it. the first part is, you know, just uh, telling you about my family. So from a fairly uh, big family on my mother's side, and on my father's side, um, yeah, not too much is known, simply because my parents divorced soon after... They were married, and they were oh. first loves. I was a shotgun baby, so it wasn't expected. And um, yeah, my father was involved in a crime, so he was actually in Pentridge. This is a far, <laughs> this is a far more fascinating story than I ever knew. I didn't yeah, know this. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. So it's uh, so basically, I lived with my grandparents growing up, and my mother, and uh, we, you know, it, there was always a mystery drawer around my father. And that's a whole other story. Wow. I, I come to reconnect with him there's, thirty there's, years later, but I'm not. I'm not going to go there. Um, but just to say that, uh, yeah, um, everything was going along swimmingly until my grandmother died when right. I was nine. She was the love of my life. Really, she was a mother to myself and my mother, who was eighteen at the time she had me. So. Wow. So my world was rocked and uh, it, it, was, it was a double whammy because my stepfather came on the scene and he was from Poland um, in the army at the time and the total opposite to what I was used to. So I really become a psychologist at the age of nine. I just thought, what the <laughs> is happening here? And that's one thing that I haven't mentioned, that Paul is a clinical psychologist. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, so, but it, it all kind of started back then. However... 
you know, the long and short of it was I just wanted to be out of the home. So I took up all these sports, had lots of friends, um, but came unstuck later when because I'd been playing drums since I was six and in, in lots of bands but mm. took too many drugs. And right. basically, and my first job was with TAA, um, doing avionics, fixing planes and stuff. But, um, yeah, I took too many drugs in Amsterdam and almost overdosed. So it wow. was a it was a game changer, and that was at twenty three. So there was a there was a pivotal. Oh, abso- absolutely, and so and I read a book called Go Ask Alice, and it was about a girl who was um, accidentally or unintentionally introduced to uh, to LSD, and and it oh, documented right. her life and died, and then like the classic Talking Heads song, it was like I was on a road to nowhere. Yeah. So. Um, that led to a search, and um, and I loved existentialism. And what what does that word mean? Well, what does it mean to exist? Okay. And basically, we are our choices. Yes. And so we're we're not a victim in our own life. We we can choose to be the captain of our own soul, and yeah, that was yeah. a liberating thing to me. What what age are you here when you're having these moments? <sighs> Mid twenties. You're obviously a deep thinker prior to that. Well, I think because of my family background, yeah. Okay. It was just like, what is going on? I've got no idea. And But the beauty of that was I was out in life, you know, and I loved it. And, I, you know, like I said, you know, we go camping, surfing. I was with a, uh, a household and went gliding and cross-country skiing. It was just like I, I never saw a world like that. So my, my world just um, expanded and, and the friendship base just expanded. Um, yet... Uh, so that was all good, and I became a Christian uh, mid twenties. So, so it's, it's safe to say, I, I would imagine, in the mix of that, that you weren't brought up in a stable, faith based home, and there wasn't that reference yeah. or anchor of, of faith that was informing some well, of those decisions. Yeah, um, actually, yeah, my fam- my mum's side of the family, are, are very moral, upright kind okay. of people. They would acknowledge God but not go to church. They sent me to Sunday school. Really? Yeah, it was fantastic. I loved it. Again, that was a, a way out, you know, to, into the world. And yeah. I'd say the Lord's Prayer each night. So you're just looking for opportunities to be out of it. Yeah, of absolutely. Anything. And uh, but Even I Sunday found, school. <laughs> yeah. I've got some stories there, but I won't go there. I was a bit, yes, naughty at times. But, um, yeah, the point, I suppose, I live life. And mm-hmm. then later on when I come across existentialism, it was like... Life is an adventure to be lived, not a problem to be solved. And that's kind of paraphrasing Soren Kierkegaard, who next to Jesus is probably my hero. Okay. Because he, oh, for a whole range of reasons, um, he took on Christendom in the 1800s. And basically, you know, everyone was a Christian. They paid taxes to the church in Europe. And he just said, there's no way. Um, there is no way this is what a Christian constitutes. You know, it's by faith. The church at that time, um, they, uh, you know, uh, with the scientists that were emerging, yeah. you know, the earth is round, um, we're not the centre of the universe, the sun is and whatever, and the church didn't want to have a bar of that, so people were put imprisoned or um, hung or whatever, and it was, people were, ex- you know, going into this world, finding truth and everything else, but the church was having nothing to do with it at the time, and then the church kind of, Sold its soul, I think, because it kind of said, oh, well, if it's not by faith or it's not by our way, bugger it, we'll think our way to God. And so oh, knowledge okay. came in. Right. So natural theology came in. So right. we're going to think our way to God. And 
well, the tree of knowledge didn't work in the beginning. <laughs> Round two, it's not yeah, going to yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kierkegaard was like a cut snake. He just went at the church. Really? And he wrote all these books, you know, uh, anonymously and just spent a whole life just taking the piss, excuse me, yeah. out, of, out, of, out of this whole venture. Even your, your regard and the way you've read um, Soren um, helps me understand more of why you think and how you live your life now. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah good point. Yeah, it's, um, there, is, there is something about faith that is purely faith. You, yeah. you can't think your way through it. Yeah. You can't work your way into a family. Yeah. You just are. Yeah. And that's the beauty. And, um, uh, yeah, it, it's hard for people who, you know, haven't had a sense of family, obviously, to kind of get the family of God, the kingdom of God. But, anyway, that's another story. Yeah. Um, so, so here I am. Bright-eyed, you know, bushy-tailed. Um, I can still remember at work, I thought, I'll have to look into this Bible, this Jesus. And it was the hardest thing to do. I opened the book, the, the good book. Age 21 or something to that no, uh, oh, Probably about 24 now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but I did and I found, you know, how Jesus was, you know, there to die for my sins and have this wonderful relationship and... And um, it's a bit of a long story how I got to know the Lord. Um, but, but anyway, I made a commitment. Mm-hmm. And I was at church and it was Richmond Temple in, in Melbourne. So it's a big Pentecostal church. And uh, people are talking about all these spiritual things. But um, I, I, was, I was drawn to justice and the poor. And, you know, and I, I just couldn't make sense of that. And uh, anyway, I decided to move to uh, the church where John Smith, the, the bikers oh, are. right, yeah, yeah. Mount, Mount Greats, um, who's part of our community, is quite familiar with John Smith. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I loved it. And I can still remember saying to the assistant pastor, I think it was Martin Newman back then, and I said, look, I, you know, I just love you know, Jesus and this community because I'd been out of the house with all these friends previously. I said, where do you Christians hang out? And they said, oh, you have to join a Bible study. I said, oh, okay, yeah, I'm part of that. You know, we're doing Nehemiah, it's fantastic, blah, blah. What else? Where do you hang out? Uh, We've got a Sunday lunch, um, a few months' time. That's good. So there's like a blue screen. It's like, you know, you you, you, you sit in a pew and and somehow all your needs will be met. So this is very soon after you came to faith. You're starting to go, hang on a minute, what's what's going on here? Exactly. So I I wanted this outward justice. I wanted to see God and the poor, etc. And I wanted to hang out, you know, save the lost, equip the saints. It was pretty simple. And uh, I thought, I need equipping. Where do you Christians hang out? Look, sorry, Paul, sorry. And anyway, he came back to me one day and he said, I know you want to connect. Labrie is the place to do it. You know? I heard you mention this name before. Yeah. So Francis Schaeffer. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. And he wrote lots of books way back when. Yep, yep. And, what, is, uh, what is family, that sort of... Yeah. Yep. And, and I said, what do they do at Labrie? And I said, oh, they have formal discussions. You live together. You talk. You, you can, you know, they have tutors, people from all walks of life. You'll love it. And I said, I'm in. Where is it? Where can I sign? Yeah, exactly. I'm in. Switzerland. Oh, right. <laughs> is, that a, is that an outer suburb? <laughs> so I was so naive and so passionate. I said, yeah, I'm going to quit my job that I'm doing quite well at and I'm going to go on an adventure. And so I went to Labrie 
I rocked up on the first day. I didn't really, unbeknown to me, you had to, it was heavily booked and you had to book in and, you know, right, right. You're just, put your you're reservation. With your, you're but there someone, with your yeah, someone didn't turn up and I was there from day one. And uh, it was a world that just blew me open. You know, we could have honest conversations. I had an own tutor. It was just, that's exactly what I wanted. So, so can you just explain more precisely the dynamic of that? Is it, is it, is it like a live-in discipleship formation type space? No, or, this, or, was, or... this was in, it was started in the 60s, 70s. So yeah. it was on the search for meaning. You went on this adventure. Right. And so most of the people there were non-Christians, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, absolutely. And what was the result of that? In, well, in the, they, in the they, well, people would come to know the Lord and it would just be this ripple effect. So, but by the time I got there in the eighties, that was kind of dropping off. Obviously, yeah, yeah. you know, people weren't on that big adventure, but still, there were Christians who wanted to look outside themselves and think through some of these issues. And, and you know, I would imagine a lot of that's not altar calls every Sunday night. No, it's, no, it's no, quite the together. opposite. It's like I don't, I got no idea. And you know, the rule at a formal meal was you can have any conversation. The rule simply is you don't deviate off this topic area. And only one person speaks at a time. Let's start. Chopping oh, family, we need to do that at our table every day. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And so, you rule. Yeah, it was great. So I, I went there and then I went to English Library and then there was Richard Winter who was there. He was a, a renowned uh, Christian psychiatrist. Okay. And getting to know Richard, you know, I said to Rich, um, you know, I, re- I really love people and I really love the Lord and theology, but I love this psychology, you know, getting having these conversations. And I said, you know, did you ever lose your faith? Is it a dangerous track to go down? And he goes, oh, no. It's going to reinforce everything you believe in more. Wow. And on that basis, I said, sign me up. So I, you know, um, asked my mother to get papers for Monash and away we went. So, wow. uh, yeah, so that, so that was the first kind of part of the journey. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, look... In the interest of always staying inside a time that's sure. more listenable, um, and we've kind of decided that's around 15 minutes, there's a good little break there, and we'll go into part two in just a second. Sure. Um, there, there are many aspects I love, I'd love to deviate off of, off of sure, the main course sure. here, but uh, it's fascinating, Paul, and um, even when you were speaking before, I, I, I read something on your um, website, Lifeboat, is it? Lifeboat Stories? Yep. yep. Lifeboat Stories. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what did you say? Um, there's monologue in the formal, and then there's dialogue in the Informal, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't mind talking about that too sure, at some sure. point in time because there, sure. there, there were echoes of that with what you recognised first up when you came to faith about, hey, what's going on here? Where, where do we hang out? Where do we do the dialogue? Exactly. I and just wanted a forum. That's all. That's right. And, that, and I think it's an important question or it's an important awareness to have when we come to what is it to live life in faith with our faith in Christ and live that out in a way that's meaningful as we express life as his church. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. All right. Well, look, thanks, Paul. This is, this is fascinating. I'm getting a lot of value out of it. I appreciate it. Thank you.